Welcome to Cinema 7. I am your host for this, well, for part part one of this episode, I'm your host, Mario B. Um, joining me today is uh, Chris Hawk. Alora. Alora. <laughs> That's actually, it fits very well. Uh, Chris Hawk and I are going to be talking about season one and two about Master None, mostly season two, because season two is uh, fresher, it's newer. It's uh, what's certified what's, fresh. Certified fresh, you know. I'm, you know what we saying, yo. But we're gonna hop right into this. I mean, unless there's any uh, news and stuff you want to talk about. Um, the only news about um, there's a the bunch, only... but I forget. Yeah, I forget about the news too. I just everyone I just... everyone sees it. It's on. It's everywhere. It's on Twitter. It's on Reddit. Our next R take will 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 be better at bringing the news. Oh. Check out the trailer for that uh, Pierce Brosnan oh, and uh, Jackie Chan. Check it out. See what you think. It looks like Law Abiding Citizen, but it looks cooler. Okay. It, it looks cooler. <laughs> uh, oh, apparently um, Venom won't be in the uh, MCU as everybody thought. Yeah. It, apparently in that interview, Amy Pascal made some uh, statements that weren't exactly true. and. Uh, Kevin Feige actually became a meme. Did you see that? No. He look at his face when she says that the the movies, the black and silver, and the Venom movies are going to be in the MCU. In his face, his face is pretty funny. They they made it made it a meme out of that. That's amazing. It's like the sad. It beats the sad face. Ben Affleck from Ben Affleck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but. We actually pitched our own Venom movies way before they announced uh, who was going to be in their Venom movie. So if you want to check out that, it's called Pitcher Fix It. Uh, we pitch a Venom movie, I believe we call it. Um, and the three of us, John, me, and Hawk, uh, pitch it. And it's, uh, it's actually pretty fun. But I don't, other than that, I don't think we have much news to talk about. Not really. If, if there's news out there, you can easily go look it up. But you should, uh, you should look for more news on our Baby Driver episode that's coming soon. Exactly. That's probably when we're going to be all newsed out. My goodness. We have a lot of movies coming up, like Baby Driver and War for Planet of the Apes. Oh, my God. Yeah, we're, like, we're, we're booked. We're booked. Straight booked. <laughs> oh, and Straight then booked. also Twitter voted on the episode that me and John Kanoki are going to do by ourselves, and that is the Emoji Movie. <laughs> we got a total of uh three or four votes and um it's all that matters it's all the people have de- the people have decided the people have decided and uh the emoji movie is what john and chris hawk will be doing an episode on uh it's just gonna be john and hawk talking about the emoji movie <laughs> you know what this might be one of those classic masterpieces of our time yeah it might be so uh, back to Master of None. Let's get in uh, season one. Um, do you have any general thoughts about season one of Master of None? When I watched it, I thought I was watching something that I kind of have seen before, but it stayed. It I feel like it stayed away from many of the relationship, romantic comedy cliches that you see in a lot of movies and TV shows. So this it felt fresh. It felt real, and 
I felt the relationship between Rachel and Dev was a real live relationship. It's like you could actually see them dating in real life. And I love I love the side characters. They were some of the best parts of the show, like Arnold and Denise. I felt like they were truly um, Dev's friends. And the acting in the first season wasn't quite as, I wouldn't say it's bad, but it definitely wasn't perfect. And I think that adds yeah. to the character of the show. Because um, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you, Dev's, Dev's dad, which is Aziz's dad in real life, might be the most unintentionally funny person in the entire show. His dad? Yeah, I think he's just unintentionally funny. Okay, man. All right. And he, he's just he's just so We could have got seafood, man. <laughs> it's just a dad wanting to be have spend time with his son. What and be you know, cool, what, yeah. Yeah, what parent doesn't want that? I Um I, I was, see what you're saying about the acting cuz I also thought uh definitely in the beginning, it gets better towards the end half and I think it kind of builds to be better. Uh, the acting isn't the best, you know what I mean? I, I think it's okay as well. Uh, but it seems kind of like a theater play. I don't know if that felt like, if it felt like that to you. But to me, it kind of felt like a, like a theater vibe. I don't know. That's pretty interesting that you brought that up. It's like a theater play. I didn't, think, I didn't look at it like that. But I, I could see how you see it. Like, it's, it's almost, it's almost theatric, uh, theatrical in the way that it's, it's a TV show, but at the same time, it feels like they're on a set. Yeah. Um, let me see. Uh, I, I kind of agree with you, too, with, with the, um, the side characters being really good, like being the, the best part about season one. Like, Arnold is definitely by far my favorite character. For season um, and one he, and season two? Season two, I think I like him a little more because you kind of get to meet. I like how he kind of he he lets you get to meet his friends more in season two. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Um, they get their own episodes, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, what's the guy from the Tim and Eric show? What's his actual name? Uh, it's Eric. Eric uh, Heidecker or whatever. That's. I think that's the other guy. <laughs> or Tim, Eric Heide- Tim Heidecker. I don't know, but uh, the guy who plays Arnold from Tim and Eric, he uh directs some of the episodes. Actually, I didn't know that. And you know, um, Aziz directs some of the episodes, also. Okay, yeah, but it's mostly Aziz's friends who, uh, friend who started to show with him, right? Mm-hmm. Two that does it. Uh, I don't. I think the comedy, like in general, with uh, Master Nun is it's, it's like real calm. It's real subtle, but it, it it and at times it's uh very intelligent with a dash of goofy. You know what it feels like? It feels like you're actually joking around with your friends type of jokes yeah like they're real jokes not like off-handed over-the-top jokes that you would see in comedy movies these are uh, these feel like real jokes that you would tell to your friends exactly i feel the same way you got any i feel, I feel, feel the same so, way feel strongly uh you got any episodes that you um does that stand out to you um Let's see. I, I like a lot of the later episodes, but earlier on, um, as I was saying, because I, I thought the acting earlier on was a little, you know, it was okay. Uh, I'd probably say the th- I like the themes of episode two and three, like the um, the dads episode when you get when they talk about their uh, their dads and how they came over, and um, 
I believe episode three is the one about uh, the dude from when they talk about the dude from uh, Johnny Five, or oh, sure, and how, <laughs> the typecasting uh, and stuff. Fisher Stevens, like I didn't. I'm not gonna lie to you. I didn't know that he was an Indian when I watched Short Circuit. Yeah, neither did I. So it's it's just funny that they brought that up, and it's it, it was almost revelatory. Like I was like, "There's no way he's not Indian. There's no way." And I thought they were yeah, making right? one. I thought they were making one of those jokes that they sometimes do. Yes. Um. Every new scene in the beginning, in which they have to uh, talk, it, it's as if they, it's it's like it's if the scene just started and someone said action like I, I feel like you know what i mean i feel like at that point they're like action and then they were just kind of like subtracted the action if if you're like an editor like i feel like they kind of just edited that part out i don't know if you got that vibe like kind of the filmmaking uh sense behind it like um i did like uh i don't know nothing felt natural at the start of a scene with the with an interaction that could have um, been that could have been like the transitions you didn't like the transitions between scenes or Maybe the timing yeah. was off a little bit. As the scene continues, I mean, I, I, I thought it felt more natural, but t- for some reason at the start of a scene, it just, I felt like you can tell they just, they like immediately just said action and they started talking the lines. Do you want to talk about that ending for, for the finale and how um, not being sure about your future, but still being sure enough to be married like how Aziz thought he was a hundred percent, or I don't know the I don't know the final total, but she was more than fifty percent, and he was more seventy closer. something. She was seventy, or he was seventy. I think he, I want to say she was. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> I feel, I want to say um, that he was seventy something or eighty because he was. I think he was definitely higher, and then she was. Maybe she was 70 and he was uh, like 80 or 90. Yeah. It just, it was, it was like, it was a shocking scene because I, I, I really thought this was going to end on a good type of note. I didn't expect. I didn't break up. I didn't, I really didn't. And I think that's what makes the, the, the first season finale so much great. So great is because that, how kind of, I wouldn't say immature, but just ignorant maybe of maybe that that's enough to live the rest of your life with someone. That amount, because no one is truly sure of anything. 100%. Yeah, no one's 100% sure. Exactly. He was, he was 80%, and I believe she was... Uh, I don't, nothing really tells you what she was when I look it up. So I don't remember. We have to know, go back and watch I, the finale. I know, it, I know it was less than 80, though, but it was more than 50%. Um, I do love the uh, episode title intros and, like, the music chosen at the beginning of each episode or for each episode. I think it's great. Like, any Netflix show has, like, the way they choose their music for... Uh, each episode or the start of an episode is amazing. Like I don't know if you watched Girl Boss. Uh, is it Girl Boss? It just got canceled. It well, 
the second season got canceled. I watched the first couple episodes of Girl Boss, and it was funny. And I every intro for the Netflix shows, whether it's Glow, whether it's Master of None, whether it's Girl Boss, they have very catchy, like visually captivating intros. And Master of None just it's it's the same. It's they're just great. It's it's really artsy. Master of None's more artsy with this intro. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I kind of dig. I kind of dig the episode titles, like how he tells you the name of the episode, and I dig the music that he chooses to express that t- uh, title for the episode. I think it's kind of neat. But um, I don't know if there's much more to talk about for season one. Um, I I do agree though. Like it was kind of shocking to see like, uh, you know, him break up with his uh girlfriend. At, at the end of the finale, and, it was, you know, was him kind of. It was kind of mutual. Well, I think it was. He wanted. He realized that he made a mistake and he wanted to get back. In, but she, they've already passed the Rubicon. There's no coming back from that line. Yeah. And then he uh, he he's he intends on moving at the end of the episode, right? Yeah, he moves. He intends to travel and learn how to cook. So. Let's get into uh, season two now a little bit. Um, overall, Chris Hawk, if you want to ask over- me some questions or if you want to talk about it. Before that, I want to ask you overall, Master of None season one, where does that rank on shows that you've seen? Would you watch it again? Um, I'd probably watch it with somebody. Like if someone, if I want to show somebody Master of None, and, and I definitely like season two more than I like season one. Mm-hmm. Um. Season two just has more, has just some better filmmaking quality, uh, like, you know, cinematography wise and, you know, how each episodes, uh, kind of are different, you know, where season one's kind of like, you know, all about, uh, Aziz Ansari's character, Dev, which I have to say, I really don't see the character. I just see Aziz Ansari. I'm going to be honest. I see, I don't see Aziz. Really? Yeah. I don't know. This, he seems the same person to me and every, anything he's in. Um, I mean, on Parks and Rec, he's a little more goofy, but uh, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know if I can actually rewatch it. Uh, it'd have to be with somebody else, for sure. I, I somewhat agree. I don't see myself going back to watch the gut punch that was season one by myself. Maybe I would... Uh, getting into season two, I would watch maybe two or three episodes in season two, maybe more than once, just because of standalone, they are wonderful. And I think you know what episodes I'm talking about when we when we get to it. So season two starts with Dev in Italy. He, and it shows him almost like on the tail end of his trip. He's been learning how to make pasta from this old grandma in Italy. Like like all the old tales and old movies, the first episode is filmed in black and white, and I think it's a it's a it's like a it's a masterful stroke on how to start the entire season. Like it, like some things in the episode from where it left off. Yeah, from where it's like a somber note to start off. Like you know, this is Dev. This is his life after Rachel. It's you know, it's it's okay. It's kind of lonely, but he's he's slowly getting back to to himself like he's slowly beating loneliness he's slowly coming out of his shell again color back into his life yeah ironically ironically 
And I do he, like the shot of in that first episode. I love the shot of the bells ringing because that seems so like classic Hollywoodish. I think one of the funniest parts of that episode is when he he throws the alarm clock at the window. <laughs> <laughs> it was just it's like a such it's such an American thing to get mad at your alarm clock and well it's actually such it's such a person thing like everyone does it and it's animated too in a way it's pretty animated so this black and white episode it's it introduces a lot of new characters to the to the show that are pretty important it introduces francesca it introduces uh, pino her um her fiance and introduces mario the little boy that that's like a surrogate son almost or like a surrogate not me it's not, a, it's not you. Not, not, me, not me, Mario, but a little boy, Mario. Yeah, but him and Dev make really quick friends, and they're, they're pretty, f- like, they're like a, like a thick as thieves type of thing, where they're like, they're ragging on each other the entire time, but you know it's all in good fun, and I really love that dynamic of them, and then you have the old grandma. And this, this episode serves as a great launching point for the entire season, because it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful first episode. I mean, in terms of, I mean, I don't watch a lot of black and white movies, so just to see something in black and white is pretty jarring because I don't watch black and white movies. So I really, I think I appreciated the first episode more. I actually, well, I mean, even though I did watch this recently more more recently than i had seen season one i don't really remember season one episode of master of none but i'm pretty sure i will remember season two episode one master of none for a a good while just because it was filmed in black and white yeah um i I agree i I think the episode is kind of it it's like um it's shot well it's just it tells a great uh, it's it's a great setup for the season, and it's it's one of the best episodes of a of a show I've seen. I mean, I'm you know not trying to sound like an uh, like a super film school buff guy or something, but you know it's like I thought the cinematographer was great. Oh, the, I, but the it, camera angle in that shot was the, oh, the was camera it. angle on that shot was wonderful. But it it was beautifully shot, and I think that that kind of adds to the um ele- like it kind of adds to to um uh i don't know people our age i think from around uh early 20s to our age kind of kind of can uh, appreciate master none more you mm-hmm. know what i mean well it's it's i think we're meant to relate to dev as a early 30s late 20s person dealing with these types of relationships I'll tell you what, though, I wish I could just up and move to Italy and, you know, afford to live there because that'd be great. Yeah, me too. I think everyone wants to. I think everyone wants to do (laughs) that. Or just afford to live in New York off of a, uh, off of being an actor in a commercials. Like, like, come on. Now, this is, I want to ask you a question of whether, who do you think you would have liked more as the main lady in this show would you have liked that first girl sarah that he met or would you still go with francesca which one's sarah oh the uh the girl where he he tries to chase down Mm -hmm. um i would have liked him to meet her later i i I, that kind of 
I think that's a device they use to kind of, you know, show you where he is still. Um, you know, like, and it is kind of realistic that that could happen where you'd end up not talking to somebody again. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I would have to see more of that character because you kind of see more of Francesca. You know what I mean? You get yeah. to know Francesca more. I'd have to know the other character more, but I, I did like that, that girl in the first one. I was, and as I was watching the episode, I was like, man, come on, come on, meet, uh, hopefully he'll meet her. How about know? the, and, how about the cliche of never find, like finding her at the end of the episode, but he never, spoiler alert, he never finds her again. Yeah, we're digging into spoiler territory now, everyone. Um, I kind of, yeah, I kind of like that a lot that he didn't find her. Like that's, that's a pretty. Maybe they're saving her for season three. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. What's, um, what's one of your favorite uh, episodes besides the episode one of uh, season two? Um, let's uh, let's get let's get funny. Uh, religion was a great episode for me. I it's it's weird how sometimes in this episode it felt like I was Dev or how. I was the cousin and how the expectations of your parents weigh heavily on you sometimes and on what you should do in certain situations because you are religious. So this episode felt, it felt pretty close to home. It really hit close to home. Like um, there are expectations sometimes that they have of you on how you should act and how, you know, sometimes you just, you don't want to, you know, your, your parents shouldn't be, like we shouldn't be extensions of our parents. We should be our own. And that's, yeah. I know how, I mean, I'm probably going to wrestle with that because, you know, I, ha- I just had a kid and I would love to see them love the same things I do. I would, that would, I mean, I think any parent wants that. Yeah. And I, I think it's, but I know that's just not going to happen. And I, and I, and I'm, I'm going to have to come to terms with that. I like and, the dynamic, how he shows, uh, the, uh, you know, the Muslim religion and, you know, with the whole thing, you know, not, not to get too political, but, you know, a, a look at the Muslim religion, religion in a way that's like, you know, it's not all this radical or extremeness, extremeness, you know, that there's decent people here just trying to live in who, you know, believe a certain way, you know, and it might be different from you, but they're still good people. And they, they kind of act the same way as Christians do. Like, did you go? Did you go to church today? Did you go to prayer today? You know. Yeah, we, he sh- yeah he shows that with the the Christianity. He shows it with the the Muslims, and he shows it with the Jewish uh, faith. You know, of all the kids, you know how they're like the kids don't want to go, but the parents are like, no, you got to go. This will make you. Uh, you you got to you know what I mean you got to go and yeah. That was, I also think that was a good. Episode. I also think um it's a way of showing uh you know, both sides of like someone who's completely, you know, not really a believer and a person who, you know, is a, is a a person of faith, how they can respect, you know, each side. You know what I mean? I feel like as a person, you know, I'm, I'm more on the fence and optimistic. So I, I, I don't go either way. I'm not totally atheist, but I'm not totally like, you know, this is the way I have to I have to uh, believe, or I, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. 
but as a person who you know looks at the bad side of uh being atheist and the bad side of uh you know religions in a way you kind of see this as uh be more respectful of someone's faith and be more respectful if they want to not to be you know what i mean yeah, I definitely like the fact that there were seeds of this in the first season of Master of None, and then we get the full, we get the full, the full paragraph basically in season two of what Dev really thinks about his religion and how sometimes just he just doesn't doesn't wish to follow along with it. It just sometimes it's just not for him. I like how he ends up reading the book though, because it's kind of it kind of uh, it's kind of a way to. I feel like for him, in a sense that I, the way I got from it is, a, is a way of learning more about his parents when he reads it. It's a way of learning more uh, peace of mind, and it's kind of a way to, you know, give yourself something to do. I guess. Let's talk about that Tinder episode. Well, isn't that the darn truth? <laughs> <laughs> like I. Like I, I have a girlfriend now, and she she was on one of the episodes. Um, Kenya, she was on our female perspective episode. Her and her friend Christina uh, gave us their perspective of Wonder Woman, so you Which can go check really that good. out. It was definitely really good. But um, she she just wanted a more buff Wonder Woman. That's all. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> um, but you know, having a single background for you know a good a good while when I when I was single. Um, it's hard to uh you know find somebody and you know these apps that we use it's it you know it it, it you can fall into the same generic uh crap you know cuz it's just like as a as a man especially it's it's so hard to have someone respond to you especially if you're not on the level of you know some other good looking person who might be on there or you know in a sense and you can easily get catfished uh, on the apps, and I'm sure it goes both ways for women too. But I, I, you know, it, it, and also to see that men are more disgusting to women on there. You know, sending them penis pictures or oh, it's rampant. Yeah, just it's being terrible. real raunchy in a way. It's yeah, it's terrible. I'm not saying it's not. You know, I, I acknowledge that women go through a different aspect that's terrible on there, like kind of harassment in a way, but. Do you and think, just men be disgusting. Do you think it was an adequate representation of the dating life of the 20th century, the 21st century? Yeah, the, I, I do. the millennial I, generation? I think so, because you could go on a date with somebody and you, can, you, you don't know what to do. You don't know how to, you don't, you know what I mean? You don't know what to do, and especially today's age with the internet and stuff, everything's so closed off and antisocial in a way. You where do you take him? And he takes all his dates to the same place because that's that's where he feels like is the most uh, the best place to socialize. So he takes them all on the same kind of tour around the city, and until he finds one that kind of uh, he can talk to, and he kind of does find one, but then she's kind of when they actually hang out again, they're boring. And then in the next couple episodes later, like they don't really have anything in common. Yeah, that was that was that really hit hard. I was like. Man, you could have a really f- good first date, and then some things be said at the end of the date, and then the next date was just so boring. And and especially in in our ta- our our uh, 
day and age, there's a lot of hookups too, and you can kind of see that he kind of plays on that too with the hookup thing, and uh, or just you know hopefully trying to get a hookup. People are like that, you know, too. So I I feel like he was like hoping maybe at least one of them would end up in a hookup if they didn't go well. And that's kind of that's kind of men kind of you know men get lonely and they and they they try to strive to find some i'm not making excuses i'm just saying like men can be weird you know oh, oh we're terrible we're terrible some of us Ooh. are terrible um you know what everyone's terrible everyone's terrible but look, we and should it, all try to be better <laughs> yeah let's all try to be better people you know yeah, we don't we don't no one likes dick pics like no one like <laughs> no one likes them stop sending them stop right away stop it just, and just, just like look just Keep it in your pants. Yeah. And when the right time Don't be happens, yeah. When the right time happens, you can you can bring them out, but only yeah. at the right only at the right time. Just yeah, only in the right time. <laughs> don't don't be a disgusting. You know, don't make don't don't be a dog of a man. You know, <laughs> come on, come on, be more yeah. civilized. Yeah. And and women, come on, uh, give give more men. You know, a chance that look decent. And, no, don't you know, do that it. That seem just decent. Don't, just don't do it. Just don't don't even use Tinder. Don't even exactly. Don't even, go to go to what's the other ones? Uh, Bumble. What? You know, don't use that. What? Don't use uh, OK Cupid. Stop using whatever else is out there. Only farmers. Whatever. Okay. Hip, hipsters only. <laughs> don't use that one either. Okay. Ter- I don't in- know if that exists, but I I feel like that would be hilarious if it did. In terms of um comedy, I feel like this might be the funniest episode. Because of all the things that happened to him and all the funny situations that he gets in, the conversations between the ladies and him, I think it's the funniest episode, honestly. Yeah. I, well, I don't know. I kind of like the episode with him and Arnold. This, is that the second episode? When they're in, uh, when they're going to the wedding and stuff. Lenals. Yeah. Well, that's also very, um, uh, that's kind of relatable too, to me in a way, Arnold. Like, if you're in a relationship that you think was really good, and then, you know, later they're happier with somebody else, and they kind of look like you. <laughs> well, I don't know about the look, look looking like you part. That that probably, that you know, that I don't think happened. But it's just, it's just funny that <laughs> the other guy kind of looked like him, and he was like, it's a small heart. <laughs> look, it looks just like me, or whatever he says, but. A whole episode with uh, Dev and um, Arnold was was such a treasure because they have they're so good together. They they play off each other. He's other strengths so well. They're both foodies, and I think that really that really just shines. Dude, how about that? That is a thing now to be a foodie, and I feel like the, I feel like I've only noticed that now that I've watched Master and None. Oh, dude, it's it's been going on for a long time. People really. Foodie, yeah, dude. It's like a, it's like I a lifestyle. I've heard of foodie before Master of None, and then I heard Joey, our friend, use it, who is on a uh, Cinema Seven episode, uh, Sci-Fi Part One. If you want to go back and listen <laughs> to that, but he, like, he used the term foodie, and I was like, I was like, what? now I'm just hearing this everywhere. Someone else said it to me the other day, and I'm like, oh, everyone's just a foodie now. What the heck? Technically, everyone's a foodie because we all eat. That's true. That's true. Yes. Um, what's another good episode? Oh, the episode 
where they show all the different people in New York. Good. I'm glad you mentioned it because I didn't want to mention it. Well, I did want to mention it. It's called New York, I Love You. And this is easily one of the contenders for top two episodes for me. I can tell you right now it's number two because I already know my number one favorite episode. But this, this episode just takes you on a weaving path through New York. And the transitions between each of the characters is so seamless. It's so perfect. It's not your tri- it's not your typical indie film like episode. This feels real. This it feels like every character that you only get to see for like fifteen minutes has their own complete backstory. Kind of you kind of you kind of get it's real. It's like like the example. Yeah, it's go ahead when um, the deaf part comes on. The deaf girl. It's not about her being deaf. It's it's like regular intimacy problems that they're having, and they didn't they don't make the the deafness a big deal. Uh, and I'm I'm glad they didn't because it's, they do it, have the whole the whole part of that though with her is silent, which I liked because it kind of shows you her life in a way. You know what else I liked about that episode was how it started off with um. With them going to see a movie in the theater, uh, what was it like a Nicolas Cage movie? It's like a Nicolas Cage movie that um, it has a twist, and he's like, there, apparently there's a twist at the end, and they're like, come on, man, we didn't want to know that. Now I'm gonna be looking for a twist. But I like how it starts off with them going to the movie theater. Pan, it's called, you know, pans to all these other different people in New York, it's and then comes De- back. It's called Death Castle. Death Castle. <laughs> And then at the end, they show them in the movie theater experiencing the twist. I thought that was kind of neat. I think it, it, it tries to humanize, not humanize, but it just shows you that maybe sometimes when you're speaking loudly in a taxi and giving away movie secrets, you know, maybe the uh, taxi driver has feelings too, and maybe he didn't want to hear that, like that type of thing. Like, it, it was just funny, the... Uh, just the interactions in this episode and how the social, like some things went against the social norm and like my expectations for like what was going to happen at any given second. I just, I had none. I, cause I couldn't comprehend what was going to happen next. Do you want to um, talk about when Francesca comes to visit him in New York from Italy? You, you want to talk about the standalone episodes first and then we can get to Dev's arc. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about, um, What's her name when she has uh when they go into his friend? So I want to talk about the I think it's hands down the best episode and uh, season two and that's Thanksgiving and it's about Denise's friend it's about Deb's friend Denise and she's she's a she's gay and this involves about thirty years of Thanksgivings and and it describes how she comes out to her mom family and how it involves it's like a it's race you know kind of sexism type of stuff and it's easily i think the most powerful episode in this in this season because like on one hand you have denise who's living in fear of what her mom will think but written and um as a good parent should She's the mom's just worried about her getting ahead in life. It's it's not whether she, it's like being gay doesn't 
being gay to her is just another obstacle for a young black lady. It's that's how she sees it. It's how she's gonna yeah, get ahead. Yeah, because there's life. that that part when they when uh, they're eating at a diner and um, she finally tells her mom and her mom starts crying and it it's almost like she's not she she knows I don't think the mom cares whether her daughter's gay or not. Um, it's it's almost like she knew, but she didn't want to acknowledge it in a way. And I, I don't I don't want to, and I don't know if the mom is in totally comfortable with it. Obviously, because she's crying, but it's like she says, you know, not only are you African American or, or black or whatever she says, um, but you're you're also, but you you're gonna add this to it, like you you. You know what I mean? It's already hard enough. Like you were, like you were saying. Yeah, it's it's. I thought that it's was an pretty emotional powerful. moment, man. Like it's like uh, I I was like I was like um, I was glued to the TV watching that. I, I I had so many emotions during that scene. It was it was it was it's crazy. Because Angela Bassett is just a damn treasure. Why 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 wasn't she Storm in the X Men movie? I'm sorry to Halle Berry, but Angela Bassett should have been damn Storm. That's right. She was up for that. That's, it's just, I think the fact that this, this arc was, um, I mean, this episode was like 30 years, um, gave, I just, it was, I think it was great to tell a story that way. Cause you could jump, you saw the subtle differences each year. You saw how Denise was growing up and how she fully developed into how she was gay how Dev was basically her her shoulder throughout the entire thing. He's like he's basically like her one and only confidant for a long time. Yeah. It's and how the mom the mom has a hard life, but yet no matter what, they always they always are together for Thanksgiving, even without um you know a man in the, in their life. It's and it's it's just such a good episode. If there is, yeah. If there was only one episode you could watch in this season, it, this would be the episode. It has comedy elements too. It's not just like super serious because I mean the grandma can't hear, so she's tr- <laughs> uh, the our, Denise is uh, one of her girlfriend comes over for dinner and she's trying to explain something to the grandma and the grandma's like, "What'd she say?" And then you know. Aziz uh, is yelling across the table, telling her what what she just said. She went to China. Oh, how about um, when he asks her what his her Instagram was, and she says it, and the grandma oh, didn't my hear. God. And he nipples yells, and toes, nipples and toes, twenty three, nipples and toes, twenty three. <laughs> oh my god, I was I was pretty rolling for any of and, those. And parts. the aunt was like, "We get it. It's nipples and toes, twenty three. <laughs> Shut up." <laughs> I actually like the element of the aunt too, because she was kind of the uh the person to help calm the mom down and she was more understanding of the of denise's uh situation definitely i i feel like she was almost the voice of reason in this and in most of this yeah. episode like she she was like um you raised her right she didn't do drugs she was she wasn't in and out of jail all the time she did good in school you know she's she's never done anything bad in her entire life and you're thinking you failed just because she's gay? No, that's that's not the deal. That's not the deal here. I was like, when she said that, that was one of the hardest hitting lines in the in the episode. I was like, yeah. boom, she's got you, checkmate. Like you're checkmate. you're a good, you're a good mom. Like you've always been a good mom. Just shut your mouth. 
it's not your fault that your daughter's gay. It's it's her choice. Like it's nothing. Another, you, it's nothing you did to raise them. One other thing, I mean, uh, that I personally related to in that episode was her and Deb's uh, relationship as friends. You know, because the you know the family kind of knows Dev, and you know he comes over all the time and stuff. Is I kind of related it to uh, like you and John and Joey and George and stuff. I I kind of related it to that because it's like you guys can come over. You know, my family knows who you guys are, and Nanny's uh, my number one fan. So yeah, yeah, exactly. I just related to that part. I thought it was kind of neat, but the whole episode is really good. So let's talk about uh, Dev's arc in season two and how he kind of does, he kind of does some despicable things. What do you, what do you, you think? I'm, you, what do you think? Mike? Do you think he does some uh, crazy despicable things? Yeah. Um, I, it's weird. Cause um, I want them to get together. Cause I want dev to have uh, someone in his life because you kind of grow dev kind of you know he grows on you because the show's about him and you see his his struggle to find a relationship you definitely want to see him see him be happy that's what that's something you definitely want and then you see his connection with francesca and you know it, it it's it's really good and and you can tell she likes him from the get-go i thought i thought you could tell she liked him from like the first episode you saw that yeah and uh, I, I just got that vibe that she was digging Dev. And then, you know, when she comes to visit him and they go to that one party with the dude, uh, the <laughs> Chef Jeff. And <laughs> we got to talk. Can we talk about Bobby, uh, Bob, Bobby Cannavale, Cornavale for yeah. one second and just how he's, he, he plays such a good um. Douche. Don't know. Don't he plays a good dude, <laughs> a character who you who could be good or bad, but is mostly likely bad. He he yeah. knocks he knocks it out of the park. He is such a good. He he's a person like in real life. He would make me anxious every time I talk to him because I don't know whether or not he would lash out at me or he would laugh at something I said. And I think that's I think he did a good job of being that way to Dev and really. You could see that he was anxious also whenever he was around him. Have you seen uh, the new Annie movie? The new With Annie Fox? No, is he in that movie? Yeah, he's he's the he's the bad guy in that kinda. Yeah, and, uh, he he plays a douche in that too. So <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of funny to see him just be a douche again. Oh, he's he's being typecasted as that guy. Oh man, you you kind of want to like him for a bit, and then I definitely you know, did. I definitely did want to like him. But, you know, back to Dev and Francesca, like, uh, when she comes to visit him and they go to the party and you can see her staring at him and, and stuff, I was, just, I, I was just hoping that he would realize it. Because it seemed as if he didn't realize that she liked him or that she could be, you know, uh, someone that he could be in a relationship with. And I don't know if you uh, saw that as well. I thought he liked her from the very first episode. Oh, see, I didn't get that. I just thought he thought of her as a friend and she liked him. I, I don't know, man. There's, I think it's meant to portray, like, there are some lingering shots and lingering moments in the first episode where you could see there's 
think you thought there was something there. There's because the way they were they were semi flirting. His birthday party where it was a her birthday or his birthday. His birthday in Italy. There was there was something there that I saw that I was like, I was like, there's no way they're gonna do this for this this season that they're gonna try to hook up with each other when one of them's engaged and they ended up going down that route. And I, I mean, I kind of applaud them for doing that. Kind of. Each season has, so far, or both seasons, I should say, not each season, uh, ended on such a, like a, where is the, where's it, where are they going to take the character's emotions next? You know what I mean? Because, you know, first season ends with a breakup. Second season, this ends with that, are Francesca and Dev actually going, is she going to leave her fiance to get with Dev? Like the last shot of the final episode we'll talk about real quick is uh, her fiance comes home and he's like, we're going back to Italy. She don't want to go back to Italy because she kind of, you know, I don't, she kind of likes it in New York and she's kind of, you know, starting to really like Dev. I feel like Mm -hmm. and the last shot is he's like, are you, we're packed. Are you ready to go? And she, you know, and then the next thing you see is her looking over across her bed and it devs next to her. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. A lot of people think it, it was like an ending, like in The Graduate, where it's not really sure what's going on and it's like a dream sequence. But I think it's been confirmed that it's real. Really? Yeah. So I, I, I took it as it could be her in Italy in her bed leaning over and seeing and wanting to see Dev cuz it looked it's... it looked like Dev's room still okay see i didn't really realize that but i don't know but you know back to the whole thing you were saying about Dev and him you know coming on to a woman who is uh you know engaged is that made me so mad too like that, it's just it's like so... come on man it's 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 different. It's so desperate of a person, you know, to want a significant other who is engaged. I feel like it, they do a good job of making you hate and like Aziz at the same time. Where you want you want Aziz to be truly happy, and this girl makes Aziz truly happy. But the kicker, she's in a relationship. But at the same time, it seems like this guy is just the safe zone. He's not necessarily a bad guy. He's just he's a workaholic. He provides for her in every single way imaginable, like security and like they don't probably have to want for anything money wise. They are probably secure in the future. And he he's not a bad guy. It doesn't like it shows him. And I wouldn't say it shows him in like an intermediate light. Like he he has some temper tandems, but that's just because he's reacting to her reactions and. During those times, I, I just, I don't know if I could forgive Dev as a character. And that, what, I think that's what I truly like about this season, is that it made me, it, it makes me, it makes me not like Aziz. 
or dev. And, and I think that's it's good because usually shows don't do that. And I think, I think it's, it's different because I was Pino one time. I, I knew that I knew something was happening. I think you know who I'm talking about, Mario. Something yes. was happening. My girlfriend was distant. And you can tell when things are off. And you get, you get angry. Because the unknown starts to unravel in your mind. You just, you, you think the worst instantly. So you go 100% 10, Super Saiyan, angry. <laughs> well, I don't know if he was Super Saiyan. Super Saiyan angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I just, I think there are some sacred things in life. And if you're committed to someone, then you are committed to someone. If you're, if you're starting to have second thoughts, you need to end it. Even if it's a 10-year relationship with the safest thing in the world. I just, I fault her just as much as I fault Aziz. But I, I fault Aziz more because he should have known. He should have known better. He should have taken heed from Jeff, the douche. He should have taken heed from Arnold. That, you know what? What you're doing isn't pretty cool, bro. I agree. I, I think, um, like I said, I just, I, I thought it was wrong that he was coming on to, uh, it, that he, he should have known better to been like, you know, she's, and he says it too. He's like, you know, he's at work a lot. Uh, you, you seem a little bored. Um, it's just the phase you're going through. And I, I feel like people do have those phases, you know, and, uh, you know, she, he was exciting for her, you know, cause they were having fun and they're, they're, um, you know, having that much fun, I think got the best of it and they got their hopes and he definitely got his hopes up in a way, but he should have known better to say, you know what, I need to distance myself. This person's engaged. And uh, she's about to be married to somebody else. I, I mean, it, I see what you mean. So it'd be it'd be cool to see how you they redeem his character and how you know they're gonna take it to the next season. I mean, I'm all I'm all about people finding true love. Love is a wonderful thing. I think everyone deserves a true love in their life, someone they can be intimate with, with all their feelings, fears, desires. You know, they're, they're what they want in the future. Just not like this. Don't, yeah, don't steal another person's significant other. You know what I mean? That's, that's stupid. But other than that, it was a good season. <laughs> yeah. Now, as I said earlier, I like season two way more than season one. Um, did you like any particular season any better? I definitely liked season two a lot better, but I think I liked. The, I think I liked Rachel more than I liked Francesca. Okay. See, I already told you I thought that she liked Dev, and Dev didn't really realize it. It's why I kind of wanted them to get together when I said it to you, and then you're like, hold on, we're going to have to talk about that at the end. And I was like, wait, what? And then, you know what's weird? I didn't even realize she was engaged until, because I wasn't paying attention really to the... To that part of episode one was her, I didn't really pay attention to her, her character and stuff, so it kind of just flew right over my head. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of liked her. 
I, I kind of like that. Uh, I was digging, uh, or I wanted them to get together more so because I was like, she likes you, man. She digs you, man. Realize it. Because I took it as he didn't realize it. But how about that? Um, the part where he meets Rachel again in the last episode, and it's very fleeting. It's very fast. It's like it yeah. doesn't. It it's like it doesn't. Like season one doesn't even matter to him anymore, and I thought that was one of the, like all the among the all the other things that was happening. This was one of the hardest hitting parts of that episode. Was, hey, this is your first, you know, this is your first big time love, and you just don't care about her anymore. It's, you're, she's yeah. not, she's not even on her radar. And, you know that just that can happen a lot. The friendships, family, and and lovers. It's it's crazy how like the mind just can do that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say um, I don't know how we should grade a, a show really unless you made a similarity to Rubicon for I, Master and None. I was actually I was thinking of something today, and I don't think we should rate it number wise because I think each episode would have to be rated differently. Because as a whole, I don't know if you could rate it as a whole because some episodes aren't as powerful as other episodes. Yeah. So I was like, how does this how does this season make you feel? Like, what um, did you? What type of things did you feel when you watched it for season two? For season two, um, I felt I was uh, intrigued. I was, I felt a lot of emotions, man. Like uh, Arnold, I felt you know, I kind of related to him with his ex ex uh, girlfriend thing. Um, you know, I felt really uh, sad. When the mom was upset and what she said about her daughter coming out to her, but I was happy that Denise came out to her mom. Um, I was really against Aziz uh, trying to get with another, uh, you know, a woman who's engaged. But I really wanted them to end up together because I want to see Aziz with, you know, find the character find. Uh, love and you know i i i want to see more of arnold so i was sad that there wasn't a lot of arnold um i want to see i want to see him more watching uh more of sherlock like in season one uh i I liked how this one wasn't too much comedy i kind of liked how it was more realistic and you know the tinder one was was saddening in a way because it was you can kind of see how that's how uh, dating is now, and 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 you can also you know it's kind of sad because I'm almost at that at Dev's age, and if I were to be single, you know that that that's gonna be hard. <laughs> it's you know, frightening, but, man. It's yeah. it's definitely frightening. But overall, I I you know I don't know. I didn't have. I had emotions at certain moments, I would say. I, I, I'd probably give Master of None, if I were to rate it on Netflix, I'd give it a thumbs up, for would, sure. Do you think that you're better because you're, you watch this? Is this something that you like? You might hope. I think so, actually. I, I agree. I agree yeah. with that. I, th- I think so, because you know, it teaches you a lot about um, other religions and respecting people's religion. It teaches you to respect someone like... I feel like if you are religious, respect someone who doesn't, you know, necessarily mm-hmm. want to follow certain things. I, I think 
it makes you uh, respect what your parents have gone through, the adversity that they went through before you. Uh, I think it makes you respect people who've come over here to work really hard to get where they're at, like foreigners and who want to be an American and want a better life. I think it makes you respect um, people of different cultures and backgrounds and, and honestly made me want to learn more about different people's cultures and backgrounds and i wanted i i mean it made me want to live in new york it makes me want to live in italy and i think the only thing i hate about this is i I can't do that because uh that's the only unrealistic part i think is is you really have to have parents who have money like aziz does or you really have to have a good career where you could afford to live in new york or italy like that You, you could just up and leave a new york which you know costs a lot of money to live at and then move to Italy, you know, which is another country. And, you know, just, it, I thought that was the only unreal sick parts of the show. But I think it makes me a better person in a way. It makes me want to respect people in a more, it makes me want to learn, you know, other, learn about other people. And I, I respect, I, I want to respect people better, I think. There's just something about making your main, making me hate your main character that I just think is amazing. I I just didn't <laughs> think I just didn't think it could happen. I I love the representation of cultures and and different types of lifestyles in this show. It it really truly makes you think. It really truly it like illuminates you almost. And it and it's 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 breathtaking in some episodes, just like the Thanksgiving episode and the I Love New York episode. It's 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 about learning. That's what I truly think this show is about. It's about learning. It's about showing you different lifestyles and and putting them on display for you and and these the conversations and conflicts they have are real. It's it, it's about acknowledging your privilege sometimes. It's about it's about how sometimes things can be simple or they can be complicated. It's it's how you know how love is heartbreaking. And it's also how love is fantastic at the same time, but it's also kind of selfish sometimes if, it, if it's used wrongly. I, I, I feel that this show breaks away from many cliches, and it also falls into the same pitfalls as some cliches. And I like both of those. I, sometimes cliches can work. I mean, there's a reason why they're called cliches is sometimes they do actually work. Um, the show is real, and that's that's what like that's that's what I feel is the best way to describe this show. And it's it's super real. It's these characters I feel bring a heart to themselves. And Master knows in season two, I feel like I'm a better person, also because I just want to know how Aziz affords his apartment off of in the first season off of one commercial, <laughs> and you know all the suits and clothes he can afford and. Eating out uh, every single eating out, night. Yeah. How? How do you budget that? Like, uh, I, I have a. That's I have the a only fe- unrealistic part of the show to me. And I have a feeling I that I don't know why that angers me. Like, I just, <laughs> I guess, I don't know. <laughs> I, I have a feeling that that's not the most important part of the show. Like, if it was about no, it's, a, it's not. If it was about a struggling actor, it would be like every other show on TV, like, like uh, Two Broke Girls, or I mean, that's a probably a a bad example, but and how. I have to make it. Every episode is, oh, can I make it to my? Am I going to be able to scrap enough to live in my apartment this next week or stuff like that? I don't. 
But it is it is a funny observation, definitely. So uh, that was our um, our thoughts on uh, Master Nun. Hope you guys enjoyed the discussion. Can um, uh, can we can we talk about one of the best cameos in that in that show? And that's John Legend with the, like oh the- <laughs> <laughs> at, at Chef at Chef Jeff's uh, party. It was such it was such an amazing cameo. Is that is that the final thing you wanted to say? Yeah, John Legend. John Legend is the cherry on top for this for this <laughs> show. But uh, yeah, that's that's our thoughts and discussion on Master Nun. If if you wanted to watch it, it's on Netflix. Uh, season one and two are on there. Um, it's very it's a highly binge worthy show. Uh, good, 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 good. These are our thoughts on Master Nun. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Chris Hawk, send it off. So as always, from Cinema 7, we want to thank you for listening with us. We want to thank you for watching with us. And we want to thank you for exploring with us. Hey, this is John Kenogi with Cinema 7, a entertainment slash gaming slash uh, all-around media podcast. Um, just coming at you to give you uh, a little bit about what we do and what we've got going on. Uh, we do a couple different episodes. Uh, we have an hour take episode. We discuss movie news, what movie we just saw, our opinion on it. Um, we've recently done Wonder Woman, The Mummy, uh, other things coming up. Uh, We do pitch it or fix it. We pitch a movie. For instance, we've done a Venom, Mace Windu movie. Or we fix a movie. We plan to fix movies that we thought could have been better or had potential. We do gaming episodes about the various gaming things going on in uh, that realm of media. We do Fire and Ice specials where uh, my co-hosts, Chris Hawk and Mari Bakari, disagree on something. So they debate it out on air on podcast while I moderate and hopefully they don't kill each other in front of me. Uh, We do also do overdue um, those movies that everybody says you should have seen that we haven't seen. Um, If you haven't seen The Godfather, you should have seen it. So we're going to talk about it because we haven't seen it either, for instance. And we do take twos where we take a second look at movies that we initially didn't like or didn't think were that great and we just see if maybe it got better. Maybe it holds up. Uh, we just, you know, see what's going on there. Uh, but you can check us out on Facebook, uh, Cinema 7, you can find us. Uh, Twitter, Cinema 7 underscore podcast. You can uh, find us on Patreon, Cinema 7. It's easily searchable. We have plenty of reward tiers. You donate us a dollar, I'll mention your name on the podcast, even if you don't listen to it. So just uh, give us a listen. Maybe you like it, maybe you don't. Subscribe to our newsletter, or don't. That's up to you. Uh, But thanks. Thanks for listening.